0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. All
2: right, we'll stop that there. Right, Maras, how's it gone? Welcome to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 17, and we are titling this one the end of season party. Yes, of course, we will do the usual match report. Myself and Wills are here to focus in on the match report, but... I have organised for us to be interrupted throughout the match report with some of the favourite guests that I've had over the last 16 episodes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to remember some of those voices and have them back on the show. And I've got the same question for all of them. What I want to know is what is your favourite ever football kit and what memories does that football kit spark for you. If you guys want to get involved in that one, smash me some comments all over my comment section. I will be buzzing for that. Right, oh, like I've just said, we have a massive show in store. There is a lot going on on the show. Myself and Wills will kick off proceedings with a bit of a match report, and then we'll have Connor Barton, better known as Seth Aina or Stefana, he's going to come on and tell us how to pronounce it correctly he is a DJ from the Cumbrian area and he's going to be DJing our end of season party slash mash report kind of thing so he's going to tell us how we put the playlist together and we're going to sit there and that's going to be playing throughout the episode we're going to have a little playlist uh, that Connor's made for us and uh, we're just going to ask him a couple of questions and obviously we're going to ask him what his favourite football shirt was and all the memories that Go with that. We'll move away from there. That'll just be a quick visit from Connor, and then myself and Wills will jump into the match report. I'm hoping to get to at least the halfway. Mark of the game before we get joined by the lads from the prawn sandwich, at least two out of three of the lads from the prawn sandwich will be joining us, that is Jamie and Dylan, they're going to come on and join us, they're going to tell us about their favourite football shirts and if they've got any funny stories related to those football shirts and that will be a good crack, then after that me and Will will continue with the match report and hopefully get ourselves to the end of the game and then at the end of the game we will be joined by Leon from Blue Army TV, that's always um he's always got a great insight so we'll be asking him about how he felt the season went as a whole myself and Will will be weighing in on that part of the conversation and then we're all going to nominate our goal of the season now I'm going to put the goal of the season on the Instagram in some kind of poll and I'll try and do the same on the Facebook and we will hopefully have a poll of a couple of different votes. I mean I'm expecting at least 10 people to vote hopefully. There's at least 10 people coming on the show today so hopefully at least 10 people will vote and um, I don't know why I focused in on 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, not 10, 10. It it make any sense. This is what happens when you sit in a room on your own and you ramble into a microphone incessantly and just try to cover up silences. All of this is definitely staying in. This is fantastic insight. I'm sure you are riveted by this part of the conversation. Anyway, after the goal of the season nominations and the end of the season review, we'll say bye to Liam from Blue Army TV and myself and Wills will be left at the end to do the big reveal. The big, big, big reveal who is the ex Carlisle United Pro that I have been teasing for the last three or four weeks. Now, I do want to also reveal right now that this interview is an absolute first ever, only time this guy has ever been on a podcast. It's the only time you're ever going to be able to hear these anecdotes. It's the first time you're going to be able to hear all of these anecdotes. So this is an exclusive there's no better way to say it we have an exclusive nobody has heard these point of views before from this guy and if you want to find out who it is you've got to hang around until the end of the show where myself and Wills will reveal who our first ever special guest interview is and i cannot wait for you guys to hear it cuz that'll be next week on the blue army podcast episode 18 and that will kick off Our summer schedule now. Like I've said and mentioned, we have guests popping in and out of the show this week, and I have been trying to get other people involved in the joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the blue. Joke
1: of the week.
2: This week, we are lucky enough to have been sent a joke by Episode Seven Tall Paul. Nice to have you back, mate! And here's his joke.
3: Hi there, this is Paul from Episode Seven. Just wanted to say well done to Skelly and everyone associated with the Blue Army Podcast. It's been a fantastic listen, and I hope to see you another season next season. Um, I've been asked to put in a little bit of a joke in, so here it goes. Why don't grasshoppers watch football? Because they prefer cricket. There you go. Thanks again, guys. Hope to be on next season. Cheers. He <laughs>
2: Get in Paul lad, what a cracker of a joke. Thanks very much episode 7's Tall Paul for coming back on the show and giving us a joke so we can have a rememberable voice on the show. And speaking about memorable voices, Wills is obviously here on the final episode to talk to me about the match report. We're going to talk to all the guests together. Wills is here for the long haul on the show. Uh, I've already explained to you what's happening on the show today, so we may as well uh, get on with the bloody thing. But first, guys, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening for the entirety of this season. If you've listened to every episode, you've listened to over 24 hours' worth of content, which is a day of the Blue Army podcast rambling, and we really, really appreciate it. And because we really appreciate it, we've put together this banger of a show for you. So, without further adieu... So I, I change it every time, don't I? <laughs> let's get on with the show with me and Wills, and we'll be joined by our DJ friend Sethena, who will teach us how to say his name correctly. All right, let's crack on. Bow bow.
4: Sweet.
2: Well, hello and welcome to the Blue Army Podcast, end of season party slash match review for the Walsall game. The Walsall game was a bit of a bust, but I will be joined by a couple of people throughout the episode. And first of all, I'm joined by everybody's favourite regular guest in the world, Wills. you all right, man?
5: All right, Skelly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, the, you know, there's not much to say about the Walsall game, but there'll just be more for us to talk about the season in general. So... <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I think I've, I've done pretty well improvising a couple of guests to join us along the way. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster for you, because I don't think you could read my handwriting when I sent you over <laughs> some notes. So there might be a couple of guests that you might not expect along the way. But don't worry, I'll introduce you to everybody.
5: <laughs> OK, yeah, I look forward to meeting people, you know, the other people that you've been discussing Carlisle United with.
2: Yeah, we've all got that something in common at the very least. Now, because it's a party, mate, uh, there's a couple of things uh, that go with having a party. And one of the things I've done a few times when I've been standing in the kitchen at a party ask people what the favorite football shirt is i like to know what your favorite kit is what the favorite most memory you know, what gives you the best memories the kit that comes to mind that you 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 just like what's the one that stands out for you do you have a favorite football kit
5: well i like our old deck chair one the yeah. um the well the, the toothpaste one do you remember the um blue <laughs>
2: right that was the one that was the one I was a mascot for the late game gaming. I had to wear that
5: one. <laughs> my father paid one 30 framed. quid. I have got it framed on the wall. <laughs> it was that the first one? Carlisle kit. Well, it was the first Carlisle kit that I owned, you know, so it's kind of like a historic kit for me in my life, but also I really like the kit.
2: All right. Well, it's, go and describe it for us. Can you see it?
5: I can't see it, no, but I mean, Carlisle fans will know the one. It's um, the one with all the different width stripes. And it, although it is still mostly blue, like a Carlisle kit should be, there's white stripes and there's red stripes all on the front of the kit. I wore it for two or three years because this was back before we used to change kit every season. Yeah. Um, it was, I think it was like, we we definitely wore it till about two thousand and one, because mm-hmm. I remember wearing it at university. But I think we maybe started wearing it 98, 99, what like that.
2: Uh, well, I, I think I think I've got a good picture of of what we're talking about, and that's going to be a question I'm going to fire at all the guests as they come in. Will do you know what else a party Excellent. needs? Do you know what else a party needs? A party needs music, and I have sorted us out some music. By the way, of a very talented DJ, who is about to join us right now. I'm going to admit him into the room. Let's see. Let's see if how quickly this happens, and how quickly he joins us, and, and what goes on. The wonders of technology. I've clicked the button. Oh, hello, hello, buddy. Can you hear us?
6: Yes, yeah, I can. Can oh, you hear me?
2: Here he is. This is. <laughs> the main man. We've brought him in to sort out some music for our party. Mate, introduce yourself. Tell us about, yeah, what's going on.
6: Right. So I'm Connor. Uh, also known as Sether and a couple of other names. But, yeah, I do music and try and make dances and stuff. And in a weird and wacky way, in my own way. A lot of other people do that sort of thing. But, yeah, like... I've been live streaming it and videoing it recently and people have been freaked. i being like, wow, this is cool. So I've just been trying to pursue it more, re- but it's good fun.
2: Man, I, uh, I really enjoyed the live set that you did the other day. And that's, that's how you made the playlist for the show yeah. uh, that we're going to be yeah. playing uh, pretty much as soon as we say bye to you. We're going to do a three, two, one one countdown and start a playlist and me and Will are going to have it in our headsets throughout the show so we can vibe to it. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, can cool. you tell us a little bit about how how you went about doing that? Can you tell the people out there how you how you made the list? It was live. You were doing it live, weren't yeah.
6: you? Yeah. So the way it works is normally, so DJs and things, they'll hit play and then the track will play. And it's just finished and they can kind of add other songs to it. But the way I approach it is I have, the songs in things called sequences and the sequences tell the synths what to play and they tell the drum machines what drum patterns to play and basically everything plays in like loops so it's kind of like djing loops constantly and bringing things in and out so it it sounds it it sounds complicated it is complicated (laughs) uh but you can you can essentially make the songs as long or as short as you want. And you can also have more control over blending one track into another. So obviously, like, yeah, everything's original. Everything's all done on hardware rather than in a computer, because a lot of people, like, make music these days on computers. And I just, I did that for a lot of years, got bored of it. And then I just kind of thought, synths look cool, why don't I just get bits of higher and try and do it that way and like it's just kind of taken over the way i make music completely but yeah
2: where is the uh, the best place to go to find your stuff if somebody wants to if someone's listening to the playlist throughout the show and they're banging their heads and they're going where can i find yeah. more of this where can we find more of yeah, that yeah uh,
6: it's all over spotify so in the last year i've done like three eps and they kind of link together but yeah I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, just basically any service I'm probably on there now. So yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, and obviously like that places, cetera. Yeah, Zephira, so yeah. that came, yeah, that came from do you know like the Cumbrian way of counting sheep, Jan tan Tethera. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you get up if you get up to six, it's Sethera, and my favourite number is six. So yeah. Like it, well, that's mate. where I that like it from. Yeah, my A good I job like
5: every number isn't ten.
6: Ten, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it Dick?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Dear. Right. So what, what I'm trying to do, mate, is create like a nice sort of like in the kitchen party atmosphere. It's the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We're all just sort of chilling in the kitchen. And I fired yeah, Will the same question a couple of seconds ago. I'm gonna ask you mm-hmm. the same question now, mate. Do you have a favourite looking? football kit, a one that just sparks a memory maybe?
5: Uh,
6: yeah, I, I think, I. well I got into football quite young originally uh, and I was like into big into Liverpool so I remember they came up, out with like a kit from like the 2000s, like to 2001, it was like a bright yellow kit it looks absolutely ghastly but <laughs> that's the one that I can just remember as being like wow, that's really cool, like you don't see Liverpool wearing yellow like yeah so probably that one
2: nice man nice man well what we, me and will are going to do mate is um obviously i'm going to edit in some kind of noise and then we're going to have like mm-hmm. a cool sounding three two one countdown and then we're going to throw cool. your playlist on so mate thanks with very it. much for coming on and talking yeah. to us and providing us with a playlist mate thank you
6: very much for coming on lad. yeah Any any time I'd, I'd i'd do it again it was good fun so yeah just give us a shout if you need me.
2: <laughs> no worries, mate. Well, I'll be on you. I'll be on you because the summer is round the corner and we're going to be after yeah. some
6: decent decent tunes, mate.
2: So, I mean, thank you very Excellent. much for joining us, mate. And we'll uh, we'll see you again next time, pal.
6: Bro, no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. See, see, see you bye soon, bye, soon pal. bye, man. Bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Um, right. Just back down to me and you, Will. What did you think of our first guest? Nice lad.
5: <laughs> yeah, nice to see him. I've, I mean, I've seen him before. Um, it quite often provides the support or the after party music when um, working class artists are playing sort of around and about in Carlisle back before back before the pestilence. And so, if anybody
2: um, uh, sorry if anybody remembers yeah. the working class artists, they featured in the loud and local segment and this playlist is kind of my loud and local segment for the show. It's just more of an opportunity for a DJ to get a real long crack. you know showing us what he can do really so i'm gonna give us a little bit of a countdown it's gonna sound a lot better in the edit and um we're gonna hit play and we're gonna start the match report and start listening to sephra's tunes what he made for us okay so here we go three and we're playing tunes have you got it going in your headphones a little bit have you yeah
5: uh, yeah, the start is a little bit loud, so I have to refresh it so the volume is at max for you.
2: <laughs> it gets—I've listened because I listened to it when he was doing it live a little bit. Um It gets louder, so mm. uh, maybe just set, set your volume a little bit low, <laughs> so you don't have to keep twerking it.
5: The volume, uh, yeah. I mean, volume is low, so I can hear your voice. <laughs> even though I could probably hear your voice even if I had the volume up up, up on the highest. <laughs>
2: Oh dear! Oh man! Here we go. Right. So, what we always like to do, mate, as when we jump into our match reports, is uh, do the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game for the match against Walsall. So I'm going to kick it off with some tunes going in the background for a change. That's pretty different, isn't it? Um, oh. Carlisle United lineup is as follows: there was Farman in goal, Tanner, Anderton, McDonald, and Armour across the back. Riley, Guy. And Mellish in the midfield with Patrick, JJ, and Toure playing up front. Now, there was an injury in the build up to the game, and it saw McDonald go down uh, during the warm up. And so, uh, no, sorry, Hayden went down during the warm up, and, and, and McDonald was yeah. the replacement there. Um, a really unfortunate uh, sort of way to bow out, um, really unlucky. Early on in the game, John Mellish was, was, was getting noted down by the referee and it got me thinking about next season and the terms of who's going to sign a contract, who isn't going to sign a contract and the possibility of us needing a new captain, uh, somebody that starts a lot of games and a vocal person. And it got me thinking that this is something that could maybe make John Mellish an even better player. Giving him the captain's armband, I think captain it will give C. him a lot of uh, confidence going forward. Uh, what do you what, what do you think about the Carlisle United captaincy going forward? I don't think Anderton's done anything massively wrong. I just don't think he's yeah. played enough games to be the the, the full time captain.
5: I mean, I think if either Anderton leaves or Anderton doesn't get the captaincy next season, I think it's probably got to be Aaron Hayden. Um, he's been the vice captain this season. He's filled in as captain a lot of times. Um, and who else has worn the armband? I think it was Louis Alessandra worn it yep. on the mm-hmm. occasions when Anderton and-, and-, and Hayden haven't been available. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know about John Mellish. He's still quite young and um, he's still kind of got a little bit of the, you know a little bit of the kind of young player thing about him. I can't see him telling off players who are in their 30s for not being in the right position, you know, for not being in the right place at the right time and things like that. You kind of want someone who, you know, someone who can kind of like uh, command a bit, a bit of respect from the other players. The guys has got Do you think the Anderson... top goal
2: scorer in the season. Um, he's obviously a very vocal person. In the last couple of games, he's been one of the guys that has really thrown himself about <laughs> rather than going and hiding and having a pre-holiday. I mean, for me, he's been standing out yeah. a little bit. I thought he was worth at least mentioning, For the armbands, and it's one of those things. He is, he is, he is, he is a younger age. He's not a kid. He is a younger age, and I feel like uh, given the captaincy at this kind of age can improve a player. uh, They'll learn a lot along the way, and that's why I wanted to throw his hat in the ring. Um, Guy would maybe be a good, a different type of captain, not necessarily the sort of person, the sort of person that would lead from example,
5: maybe. And um, Farman, if Farman's still here.
2: I think those would all be would all be good replacements if that came down to it I wouldn't mind necessarily Anderton keeping the armband if, if going into next season yeah, yeah, um, yeah. if Tanner and armor uh, one of them don't sign a contract then obviously we need to fill in the gap and then Anderton you know hopefully if he plays a bit more and and he gets that confidence back in him he'll be a much better So in the early stages of the game, and this game was a boring game, so we haven't got a load of notes to talk about, but in the early stages of the game, there was a free kick uh, from Callum Guy, obviously, the Rolls-Royce free kick taker of Carlisle United. Mm And it was headed straight at the goalkeeper by Nick Anderson. Um, it was a good opportunity, uh, just a little bit too quick maybe for Anderson as it came in. What what do you think was 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 there in his way there? I mean, the goalkeeper was in his way, but he hit it straight at him. It was it was a poor attempt.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's, he's um, he doesn't know Danny Granger. <laughs> You know, even though he's a left back who's captain, it doesn't <laughs> always mean that he's got a devastating shot on him. You know, he has <laughs> I mean, got, Granger had,
2: would have shot the free kick, I would imagine, as well. Granger would have yeah, had a yeah. shot. He, yeah.
5: hasn't got, <laughs> he, he hasn't got the hammer of a left peg that Granger has. And, you know, he hasn't got the nice, you know, whipped in crosses that Granger could provide. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to bring back to and you mentioned Jack Armour. Jack Armour's contracted for next season, by the way. Yeah. As is George Tanner. Ah, so, they're both signed. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, George Tanner had a two year contract. Uh, Jack Armor had an option in his contract which we have which we triggered already, so I so wasn't sure if that was one common. of
2: those Contract extension triggers where he still has to sign on the dotted line to say that he, you know he, he wants it kind of thing. I wasn't no, sure if no. he'd already done that yet, but that's amazing news uh, with them two going yeah, forward. But it does, I mean, the, it does put Anderton in quite a position.
5: Yeah, I mean the triggers, the triggers that we've got are the type where if we want to keep the player next season, we can just extend the extend the deal and I don't know what input the players potentially have. The only ones that we have an option on and haven't triggered yet is, I believe, Jimmy Touré and Amari Patrick. Oh, no, Nick Anderson as well. Paul Farman. Mm -hmm. Actually, yeah, I think a few of them. I think it's only Reese Bennett and Franz Zanzala that we would have to if we wanted to keep them, actually
2: make an offer to? Yeah, I mean, I would make an offer to most of them, to be honest. I feel like yeah. it's a good squad. Uh Toure was probably given the start to earn that contract, I feel. I feel like if he scored yeah. a couple of goals, he might have been able to persuade somebody to give him another year. But as it mm. stands at the moment, I feel like when Scott came on, he looked quite good. I want to talk about Scott a little bit later on, yeah. obviously, because he didn't come on until the second half, uh, there was a bizarre moment when Walsall had a shot from about 30 yards out. I think the wind probably had a part to play and the way it ricocheted off Farman was, it looked quite uncomfortable. And uh, it, could, it could have been a costly mistake if, if, if it hadn't have gone necessarily his way. If the turf um, was, was in better condition, it might not have ricocheted in the way that it ricocheted when it bounced off of Farman. Recently, uh, Farman's had a little bit of a spell outside of the squad and Norman's been playing and I think that was down to a mistake that Farman made on his front post in a game where he let a goal in while we were chasing the playoffs and it was a bit strange to be honest to not see Norman get the nod for a third time in a row and, and start this game. How did you feel about... Um, I mean, Farman being in goal is great. I don't feel like he's going to sign the contract. I've said that enough times, but... yeah. Where, where 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 do you where do you go from here do you, do you would you have started norman
5: um maybe yeah i mean maybe behind the scenes um beach fe- felt that he wanted to have one last look at Farman, or maybe he wanted to give Farman. A start because it had increased the chances of him signing a contract. I think with um with Norman, the games that he's played recently, I think that was because we're coming towards the end of the season, and he's one that we've got in mind to still have next season. When we originally signed him, he was going to be the number one, and he was unfortunate with an injury that let Paul Farman come in and nick that number one shirt from him. But is still I think part of our plans, Magnus Norman. He's he's only 24, which is young for the goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. And so I think Chris Beach just wanted to he didn't want to go through the whole season with Norman not getting a start, which I don't think he did. I think he's only he'd only started in the um in the other kind of sort of cups before then. I don't know if he's actually started for his in the league. So um I think I think that was the reason why Norman. I think it was probably more that than the mistake Farman made, because I don't think it's good man management to drop a goalkeeper for one mistake. And so I don't think that's what I don't think that's what Chris Beach was doing. I think Chris Beach just wanted to give Magnus Norman some games because he didn't want to go through the whole season with this guy who is signed as a number one and he still has plans for next season not making a start. I don't know why he didn't start against Walsall. So maybe there was reasons why he felt that he wanted to give his established number one as the game on the last day of the season. Yeah,
2: I mean, I feel like we've talked over the goalkeepers to death over the course of this podcast. Yeah. And I do apologise if anyone
5: gets bored of of that. But <laughs> if you get more, mail, if you get more <laughs> messages about it, <laughs> but when if, you've got you're, a if mil, you're not mil- happy with. If, you, if anyone listening isn't happy with Liam's views on goalkeepers, be sure to let him know. <laughs> that DMs are wide, wide open. <laughs> Bring
2: it on. <laughs> 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 right sorry sorry um there was some amazing work done by omari patrick on the right hand side during the first half his footwork was sublime on a number of occasions that his reactionary uh tippy tappy just athleticism where he can just sort of like fish bash round you fish bash round you as well it's really impressive um he worked Really hard on the right hand side, and then spotted Armour steaming in at the back post, and he was running his little legs off, and a diving header after being picked out by Patrick just ricocheted off the goalkeeper's knees. Also, it just—it was oh, it looked so good. It would have been great to see Armour score, and it was just really unfortunate. But a great flowing move from Carlisle United, and
5: it gave you hope to think that. It might be a good game. (laughs) Yeah, we were unlucky there and at that time as well, I kind of thought this is going to be an exciting game and I think we're going to win it. Kind of like the late in game before where pressure's off, but that can kind of sometimes make the game a little bit more free flowing and a little bit more good play at the time. That's what I thought we were in for.
2: Yeah, I was hoping for a slightly better game after seeing that opportunity and it just didn't work out that way. Right, last game of the season, two teams that have got nothing left to play for. Probably we got the performances what we expected, but what you expect expect sometimes when two teams have nothing to play for is a bit of a lackadaisical defence. And we got a moment of lackadaisical defending from Walsall and Jimmy Tiore stormed through. And this was his moment. To get his, I think, fifth goal of the season. It hasn't been a fantastically fruitful season for the it would lad.
5: only be his um, third, yeah, third league goal. It would be. He's, he's got two league goals, and I know he's got one goal in the league cup. Yeah, um, just not, uh, just just
2: didn't take his opportunity. It was good goalkeeping, really strong hands, but just unfortunately didn't take his opportunity. Would you hand? Toure another contract for
5: a year? Would you give a punt? Would you give him six months, maybe? Would you, would you take another chance on Toure going forward? I'm going to. I mean, like, I don't know how much money is on. You know how much of our budget it would use up to keep him, but assuming that it's something that we that we can live with, yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd give him one more season or one, or maybe just six months because. There's a player in there and it hasn't really been the best season for him. And, you know, we we heard sort of earlier on in the season that he wasn't really enjoying living in Carlisle during the pandemic because he didn't know anyone and he couldn't really go out. And, and you know, the other players, the, the British players, they're going home at the weekend to be with their families. And so Touré being French you know, the, the, there was nowhere for him to go, so, you know, uh, Chris Beach did mention at one point that, um, you know, he wasn't really he wasn't really in the best of shape psychologically because he was just spending all his time just alone in his flat, which, you know, I can, I can understand if that kind of affects his play because... Psychology, you know, psych- psychology does affect performance, and he is, he's shown some good spells. And I'd kind of, I'd kind of like hope that if we give him six months, we might see something different from him. If he's, if he's, if he's in a bit of a better mindset, if the, if the lockdown restrictions are lifted, and if he is able to kind of socialize or go and visit his family from time to time.
2: It sounds like he's had a bit of a tough season. I feel like in the in the last game, he played really well. He had some really good, interesting yeah. footwork, just like Patrick in this first half. Really quick, really reactive reactive, and he can be one of those spark players going forward mm. for Carlisle. So that was kind of it for the first half, to be yeah. completely honest. Um, do do you have anything that you'd like to add? Would you like to mention anyone as your sort of like man of the first half or anything um, like that?
5: It was fairly unmemorable, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe Callum Guy, you know, Callum Guy was doing Callum Guy things, um, which, you know, were always decent. I don't think anyone particularly shone, but, you know, Callum Guy did the things that he does fairly well.
2: It, it wasn't a great game. In fact, the second yeah. half gets worse, to be completely honest. So I feel like We deserve a little bit of a break from the match report for a little bit. And we've got two lads waiting for us in our little Zoom waiting room. And uh, I'm going to push them into the waiting room. And uh, hopefully it's going to go really smooth and really well. We've going to be joined by two lads from the Prawn Sandwich podcast who have featured on the Blue Army podcast a few times. And hopefully they'll be joining us imminently, connecting to their audios. There we go. We got Jamie. We got Jamie. Dylan's joining soon. How are you doing, Jamie? All right, mate.
3: I'm good, mate. Just back in from work, so I'm still in the <laughs> <room>. <laughs> You're looking dapper. You're looking dapper. Oh, I feel knackered. <laughs> <laughs> still, still adjusting, getting back to work after the lockdown.
2: Ah, uh, it's not easy, mate. It's not easy. It's. Uh been a bit of a night move i uh, don't know what's going on with dylan there i'll try and add him again he's got like it's a second profile that's popped up in the window <laughs> oh here we go hey hello dylan hi, mate. Mate. can you hear us yeah can you hear me yeah we're all in the room now everything's working right lads i want to introduce us both to will will's over here with me how's it going <laughs> Hi,
3: hi, will mate. hi jeremy hey, mate.
2: Will's uh, my my, uh, most popular, most regular sort of co-host slash guest that I have on the Blue Army podcast, and so I want to show him off because he's like my lovely shiny toy that I have. It's because I call him
5: out when he says stupid things. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
2: like, like
5: elongated season. Ah, you know
2: what? (laughs) If I'm not allowed to be articulate, then this just wouldn't work, would it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right lads, uh, obviously you two are both from the Prawn Sandwich podcast, um, we're not joined by Nathan because he's busy and you know things get busy when, you, when you're leaving a pandemic and uh, Dylan, talking about yeah. leaving a pandemic, I believe you're a bit of a pub landlord, it seems like you're, uh, you're, you're yeah. in some kind of pub at the moment. Um, you, yeah. you've all been on the podcast before you've all talked about the prawn sandwich podcast before you can talk about it again in just you know just a couple of minutes but why don't you talk about what it's like to get a pub reopened after Covid and, and all that kind of crap because I imagine that's quite interesting because you've got FA Cup football coming up and all that kind of stuff
7: don't you? Yeah it's an absolute nightmare to be honest am <laughs> not even going to lie about it I'm, I'm currently in today because I've had a per- burst pipe in the cellar and it's flooded mm. so that's why I was late onto the call um, uh smell worse than I look, believe me. But we're getting there. We'll still be up, we'll still be open by Monday. Um, Are you allowed to reveal where it is? Yeah, of course. I'll have a hard walk around if you uh, it's the Apple Tree pub in Carlisle.
5: Alright. Cool.
7: There we go. Oh look at that. Um yeah. I took I took I took over about two years ago. So I'm trying to get it going and get it a better reputation and make it more local. And um, nice. the Blue Army podcast will actually be featured on the above walls when oh, the posters are wow. dropped
2: off. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. So, a bit of advertising for you, lads. Thank um, you.
7: And, Is it still yeah. Green King? Yeah, mate. Still Green King. But um, when you manage it, you can try and personalise as much as you want. Okay. So even though you're owned by a chain, I have got a bit of rain to do what I can. So um, I'm trying my best to, especially
2: sports-wise and stuff. Well, it's looking cracking. I haven't been in the apple tree for a while. I live in Manchester now, unfortunately, so it's rare that I come back to Carlisle. But I haven't been in a while. It looks it looks fantastic. I've never seen it look so good, to be completely honest, mate. Have you still got the jukebox? Is, mate. No, I'm trying to get one. <laughs> To get they're one. always, they're always great, round Carla. They're always great, man. Uh, Jamie, buddy, uh, let's let's give you a chance to have a bit of a chat. Sorry, uh, do you want to do the honorary prawn sandwich plug, mate? Do you want to tell us what's the best? But what have you been up to lately as well? What was
3: your last episode about? Last episode, we actually we looked at uh, free agents that are upcoming in the summer. Um, I don't know what time you've got this releasing, but uh, tomorrow as time of recording the uh, the latest episode is a player profile on Gabriel batistuta
5: so it's just- is he a free agent <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh still do a job probably
5: i've got some free agent news that's like just in the last might be of interest to people in the last hour mansfield okay. have released mansfield have released andy cook
2: <laughs> oh, wow, imagine Andy Cook coming back I believe one of the reasons they've done that though is because he was the highest earner at the club and he was on a lot of dollar, so he'll have to choose home com- home comforts over money maybe if he wants to come back to Carlisle.
3: Yeah, our next episode coming yeah. out is a player profile of Gabriel Battistuta. it's just basically the three of us fawning over him, picking Battistuta goals and uh, reminiscing about his glory days in the 90s um, every wednesday wherever you get your podcasts i think we're on youtube as well you can follow us on twitter to keep up to date with what's coming out it's at prawn podcast and on instagram it is at prawn sandwich
2: boom you're well rehearsed at that one now aren't
0: you
2: (laughs) very professional right lads what I'm doing on the show with every guest is that I'm asking them a particular question because like I've said three times already with the other guests I like to talk about your favourite football shirt and the memories that your favourite football shirt gives you. So, uh, Dylan, mate, do you want to go first? And can you just describe yeah. to us your favourite looking football shirt? What year it was from, if you can remember that kind of thing, and what kind of memory it sparks for you? Well,
7: mine's a cop-out, but mine is from the, uh, 19 tw- and then the, uh, the 2019-20 season. Still wear it now. It's the beautiful, the best kit in Sunderland League football the Green Apple Tree FC home kit.
3: <laughs> what a call say, that that is lovely! Have a
7: look,
2: zoom in on the badge. Let's have a look.
7: Sponsored by Hummel. Oh wow, that's a beauty. There's, there's too many in actual modern football to talk about, so I thought I'd just go for a personal favourite one of mine. Are you selling them? Uh, I remember. No, but we might might get there. Remember <laughs> the first the first day we wore it. Uh, for a memory for you, I went, I went, uh, I went down early for the lads. I got to the change room about half eight, and I don't tell the lads to turn up till like quarter to ten. Got overly excited, took twenty odd hangers, hung them all up with the numbers <laughs> so they could come in and see it. We got out there warming up, everyone looking class, feeling feeling mint. And some guy from the other side of the pitch comes over and says, "Here, we're both in blue, swap kits with us." <laughs> Basically, I was I was striker, just turned around and went. We've just what these today, This is the best kids in Carlisle, you can fuck off. <laughs> 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 now, you showed us you showed us on the Zoom call what it looked like. Yeah. Can you give us can you give us a bit more of an audio description about the shirt? Sorry. Yeah, of course. So it's like a, a dark green. Um we went for green because no one in the Carlisle City in the league wears green. There's a lot of red, oh. yellow and blue out there. Um so we were like, right, well, what can we do? We went for green, goes with the apples, blah blah, blah. Uh, it's got white hummel trim with uh like the classic some of the classic nighty shirts with the arrows down the side uh white badge and just to get my mate a little bit of a plug it's sponsored by jb carpet and vinyls and anyone needs a carpet or lameter florida in carlisle that's where you get it he sponsors us and uh, there num- the numbers on the back are white as well so it's all green and white um but yeah it looks
2: a lovely kit mate it looks a, it's a, it looks a lovely kit
3: <laughs> thank you uh, very Jamie- much
2: no problem, pal. Uh, Jamie, uh, what about
3: yourself, mate? What's your, what was your uh, favourite kit? My favourite kit of all time is the Sunderland Away shirt from the 2000-2001 season. Um, it was my first full season support in Sunderland. And uh, so I got all the kits that year and the Away kit. I'll show you's on the camera. Oh, this, uh, oh that one! Yeah, quite a subtle white number with a collar. I love a collar on a football shirt. Uh, the printing on the back was like a lovely red.
2: Ah, oh, Julio.
3: You can see on there. Um, <laughs> my original one I got, I got in long sleeve when I was like 11, 12 year old. And just through wear and tear, it had loads of pulls in it. The sponsor was completely off. The name on the back that I had was just torn to pieces. So, I found this. There's a guy that does shirt printing. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter. Um, cutting edge shirts. And he can source also all kinds of like name printing and stuff like that. So I got the replacement one that I bought last year, sent to him. And he put the ARCA 33 and the Premier League badges from that season. So it's proper felt as well. You know, the nice, smooth, uh, felty feeling numbers from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the printing that I've got on there. So, yeah, it's a white shirt. Little red trim on the on the short sleeves, a little red on the neck where the collar is. But just, it's a nice feel, nice shine to it and a lot of good memories in that. Uh, like Kevin Phillips got a hat-trick away to Bradford wearing that shirt on Boxing Day in 2000. And uh, yeah, just as I say, because it was my first full season for Sporting Sunderland, it's so a special shirt to us
2: man well lads thank you very much for sharing your memories with us and joining me for a little bit um, it was amazing to have you on and your respective episodes i believe dylan you were episode 13 and uh, jamie i think you're episode 11 Maybe we don't. Well, I can I can double yeah, check yeah. and edit something in. <laughs> but yeah, lads, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, unfortunately, Always, me and Will have to get on with a another nil-nil match report. We're going to talk about the second half of the Walsall <laughs> game. So uh, that's what we've got to crack on with. So we'll leave you guys to it. Thank you very much for coming on, lads. Cheers, lads. Keep up the good yeah, work. Take care, thank guys. Thank you. Cheers. There we have it, mate. You've met the prawn sandwich, lads. We've had two of them at least anyway. (laughs) Lovely fellas, lovely fellas. Right, are you ready to get on with the second half, mate?
5: Yeah, let's do it.
2: All right, okay, no worries. Well, it was a very, very eventless opening couple of minutes in the second half. Some incredibly sloppy football being played, Uh, passes going astray all across the pitches, uh, tackles flying in, which were just clumsy. The ball ricocheting from head to head to head to head to knee to head for most of the opening exchanges in the second half. And to be honest, mate, I didn't have that much of a highlight <laughs> for at least about <laughs> half an na- for about half an hour. I would say. Um, but what happened before the half an hour mark is my man Cheddar's. Chedwin, Cheddar Scott, Chedwin Scott, the guy himself, the, the non-league Jamie Vardy hope that we have that sits on the bench. He looked sharp when he came on and I really liked the way he played. It's the first time I've been able to zero in on him for a couple of minutes and watch his style of play. And what I noticed about Chedwin Scott, mate, is that he is the type of striker that looks for space okay there's obviously the type of strikers that like to hang off the last man and then beat them Uh, that's like your offering zanzala types the big strong sort of strikers or even you louis alessandra types like to hang off the last man but chedwin scott when you watch him play he goes where the space is he wants to be wide open. He wants to receive the ball to his feet and he's not scared to run past defenders. And there was an opportunity about three minutes after he came on the pitch where Toure managed to do a nice bit of footwork and Scott was in a lot of space um, just on the edge of the 18-yard box and Toure just didn't give him the ball and I couldn't believe how wide open he was um, not not getting picked up mm. in that position. Um Would you have expected to see a little bit more of Chedwin Scott throughout these last three or four games? And also, I'll throw into that same hat, Dixon and Charters.
5: Uh, I've come to the conclusion that Scott is still kind of like learning his trade at this level and still kind of becoming accustomed to professional football. He, He certainly... He had more effect of the game yes, uh, the other day than he had done in the previous cameos. I mean, he got more minutes. So he looked like he was... He looked a bit more comfortable in it. Um, but yeah, I've just always kind of like, because he's not had that much opportunity, I've just kind of gone with the assumption that um, he, he shows promise. He's been playing for Heaven Town, at God, God knows whatever level they're at. <laughs> and, you know, he had a spell with Newcastle's academy. And... Well, did you know Heaven Town won the FA Vars last year? Did they? <laughs> oh, well, I stand corrected. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> He's. <Mic drop. laughs> yeah, I mean, like, when we signed him I thought is he going to be someone who goes into the team and he didn't and I just kind of decided that well I mean we, we, we wouldn't have just signed him not to play him unless we were unless we were kind of like hoping that he'd get up to speed by next season also at the time that we signed him I think you know we were kind of looking at running away with the title potentially and you know, we might have thought that we'd have a few games where, where we were, you know, three 0 up, throw him on, and in the end, that didn't, you know, that didn't happen at all. There was at no point from the time that we signed him on the top of the table to the end of the season. I don't think there was. I don't think there was any point where we were comfortable enough in a game. That we could just say, yeah, stick this lad on, and same goes for. I think, I mean, Charters, you know, he has had some decent chances, so I think his. I think this has definitely kind of been not his breakthrough season yet, but a season of really kind of like solid progress, and expect to see a lot more of him next season. But you know, you can expect you can expect a bit too much sometimes from these young lads, and kind of think that. You know, because the show promised that maybe we should be getting more chances. But when we're going through a spell of, you know, 13 games and we only had one win, it's probably not the time that you want to be, you know, it's it's not really the experience that you want a 17, 18 year old to have. Yeah, I like I'm just
2: I, you like you're a good you're a good anchor to my sort of like whimsical <laughs> <laughs> nature when it comes to football because I would be a terrible uh, football manager in real life. Yeah.
5: <laughs> when you, know, you listen, uh, yeah, when you listen to Radio Cumbria, are you more of a James Phillips than a Chris Lumsden?
2: I don't listen to Radio Cumbria, mate. I listen All to away right. commentary.
5: You, you can cut that out then because it'll just sound <laughs> stupid if I say that. <laughs>
2: I mean, uh, I have I have listened to Radio Cumbria commentary before, obviously, and I've listened to yeah. some of it this season as well. But, um, I mean, as the my sea shanty said, let James Phillips go. Is <laughs> <laughs> nothing personal against the man? Absolutely not. Yeah. But just move on up, get a promotion, move on up. Do you know what I mean? Just move on to something else and let somebody else have a go because
5: well, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the uh, radio company commentators now that you've heard some of the away commentaries because i mean some, some of them some I've of them have been them.
2: terrible yeah some of them have been awful i'm not gonna name names
5: but i'm not gonna name. I'll names, say
2: who i enjoyed I'll, i enjoyed morcombe because it was like listening to your grandad and his best mate uh, talk about football that was quite nice yeah, um, and like they were like, like they, they were like surprised every time a text came through. It was like, oh, we got a message from uh, Margaret and Carla. Yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you know, I won't kind of like call out people who I don't think are good commentators. But there was a few. There was a few that I listened to during that spell where we couldn't have away commentary and had to listen to the home ones. There was a few. The, there was a few that just made me think. You know what? James Phillips is a pretty decent commentator. Is this a jinx. He's just a jinx. A jinx. A massive, he, to... he is a massive jinx. Why does Everything... he have to say
2: things all the time? Like,
5: like just like, don't jinx it. Just don't. Uh, just, I remember yeah, there I'm... was one time, there was one time a few seasons ago when we were we were 1-0 up. I think we took an early lead against Notts County. And James Phillips said something along the lines of, don't worry if you're listening, Carlisle fans, we're gonna thrash these. And I think we ended up losing. And it's just like, why, why do you say stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. He's just such a jinx, you know. And I think he'd
2: do good at like any kind of commentary, not necessarily just football. I think he could move on and do cricket or tennis or just move on up, just use that CV and the experience that you've got and give someone else a go in that position because there's so many people in Carlisle that would. I'm over themselves to get three years of being a commentator just to get it on the CV. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
5: It's a difficult <laughs> job to be thrown into, though. You kind oh, of want absolutely. someone with a bit of experience.
2: Yeah, true, true, true. But um, at, at the same time, it's the, the experience is different these days, isn't it? You can find people on YouTube. You can find people doing <clears throat> podcasts. Or, um, you know, you could just find talent from absolutely anywhere uh, and give them a go. (laughs) Because you can train them. They can just sit in a studio and watch live games and you can train them. You know, you can do a bit of media training or something.
5: I don't think commentators get training because I don't think, you know, I think they've just got to do it. If you
2: offer a YouTuber half the amount of money that you offer James Phillips and you stick him in a studio for six months and you make him watch tapes and record himself and listen to himself back, by the time the season starts, you've got a decent commentator.
5: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that was a bit of a tangent. I, I don't, I don't know if you're going to actually use that because we've kind of we'll went see. on a bit there. <laughs> no, it did. I mean we'll see how much
2: we end up using. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to leave in. Um, it wasn't a personal attack on James Phillips. I said it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal. It was just that you know I think he's talented enough to move on up. That's all. That's all I'm saying with a big smile all on my right. face. Um, well, I'd like to mention about well, Ted Edwin Scott. That- Go on, sorry.
5: Yeah, that was kind of what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, because the point I was mentioning is that James Phillips is often the one who's kind of like, oh, this player should play, um, you know, Dean Furman should play more, Kedwin Scott should play more, uh, Taylor Charles should play more. And then Chris Lumsden's the, like, well, I've been there and done that. And, like, I know what it's like being a player in these kind of situations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, so your Chris Lumsden impression, it was really good. really really good no i'd say uh i'd say chedwin scott is uh god what a party we're having Uh, Chedwin, chedwin scott is probably um right what i noticed about chedwin scott when he did come on obviously the movement was fantastic trying to find space really impressed by that he did get fed in once behind um it was a difficult effort it went well far over the bar it didn't really matter that much. It was a half chance, probably less than a half chance. He did well just to get on the end of the ball. What I will say about him is that he probably needs to get in the gym over the summer because he's not six foot. You know, he's not a big, tall lad. But I think he's got the potential if he can, you know, get his arms up and get him round defenders and just be a bit more physical. I reckon you've got a hell of a player there because if he gets in the positions and then he can hold his man off. We've got you've got yourself a hell of a player there going forward, at least I hope so. Right, so the best chance of the half fell to Warsaw in the last minute of the game, I would say. Poor composure as Warsaw broke through, he kind of left the ball behind him in a fashion that it's just a poor control, poor composure. He was running through with the ball quite well, and Farman was really confident and came out and and saved quite well um, and obviously got us a point that doesn't necessarily mean a lot but it does mean something that he was trying right up until the last minute and if that is the last time he plays for Carlisle then at least he can hold his head up high and say I I gave a decent performance I didn't bow out early you know and, and he had a good time but that's about it, mate. The second half was just eventless, really. Do you have
5: anything to add about the second half? No, I mean, you know that both teams are... Um, the think was are really, really poor. And to change the subject slightly from Carlisle for a second, because they, they've just sacked their manager, they need to make changes next season because they could be one of the teams in trouble if things if things don't change much there. That kind of just makes us feel a bit more disappointed that we couldn't go out on a bit of a high.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an anticlimactic. Um looked like the players were already sort of on holiday, a little bit too early, especially just the whole second half was just one of the most boring second halves in the world. And I know somebody yeah. that would probably agree with us and uh, would like to come and talk to us about the Carlisle game and he can give his views a little bit. Um, please welcome Liam... From the Blue Army TV YouTube channel, he should be diving in the room right now. Here he is. We. Hey. Hello, hello, is This is our hello, first hello. clean-shaven
5: guest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Hats off to hats off to Liam. How are you getting on today, mate? You all right? Uh, not bad. Welcome welcome to the end-of-season Blue Army podcast, uh, episode 17. Uh, this is Wills. Uh, you've probably heard his voice before. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <I will>. Hiya. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, I got you in today to talk a little bit about the Carlisle game against Walsall because it's quite hard to find talking points about the Carlisle game against Walsall. <laughs> what were your last Thoughts of the game. What we when you when we finished the season and the time was up. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Carlisle game?
4: Um, it was one of them ones where I didn't want it to end because I didn't want the season to end, but at the same time, it was <laughs> such a dull game. <laughs> oh, but it was man. such a such a dull game that I was just like, you know, surely we can finish off with a bang and not this dross, yeah. you know. Is it? It is bittersweet that
5: the season is over now <laughs> after all that. I would uh, I would point out as
2: somebody that might agree with you, there was a player that was playing quite well, probably the standout player for me, and I'm going to give him my Foxy's feature man of the match. Jack Armour has had a great season. He had a really good game going forwards. So he got into the box early on. Uh, he really got himself a bit. And I think the end of the season has probably came a little bit too early for him because he seems to improve week in week out so that's my foxes feature man of the match um uh, will who's your foxes feature man of the match
5: um i'll give it to callum guy which i think is the same that the sponsors went with um or did he get plenty of season i don't know it's You've it's difficult to pick out of man of the match yeah yeah he did um yeah i'll go with callum guy
4: oh, fair enough uh liam yourself um, yeah, I'll probably have to go with Callum Guy as well. It's just been superb, hasn't he? It's had a great season. Yeah.
5: Like, even in like uh, games like the Warsaw so one that are quite poor, you can still rely on Callum Guy to do Callum Guy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I like that. I like that. Um, so, obviously, there's been some end of the season awards that have already happened, and um, Callum Guy mopped up most of the awards I do have them written down somewhere I'll quickly blast through them I was going to do it in the, in the opening exchanges of the show but um, sort of fell away from that um, so the end of the season awards were as follows Callum Guy won the London Branch Player of the Season Award and Callum Guy won the Supporters Supporters <laughs> Aw- uh, Player of the Season Award and Callum Guy won the Players Player of the Season Award award. Nick Anderton won the Community Player of the Season award. And Ozzy Zanzala won a champagne bucket. What? Um, what? <laughs> did you not see
5: that?
1: <laughs> Can you tell did us about the champagne bucket?
2: Yeah, he, 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 I haven't he, seen that. champagne bucket. Yeah, it's the London branch champagne moment, is what they call it. It's a little oh, award, and he gets given, okay. he gets given right. a bucket for his champagne and a bottle of champagne, And I think the bucket's got something <laughs> embroidered on it like, you know, uh, London branch Carlisle champagne moment of the season or something along those lines. Would you guys mm. have to agree with the results for the end of the season awards? I think I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't
5: think it was, yeah. I don't think it was <laughs> a surprise to see Callum Gates sweep everything. I think um, Reese Bennett should have got
2: a little bit of a mention for the sort of a uh, Twitch streaming and the charity fundraising that he did. But after a little bit of research, it turns out that Nick Anderson was quite active in the community, especially during uh, the early COVID stages, um, during the second lockdown, helping people deliver shopping and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, hats off to hats off to everybody that got mm. an award. Um, but lads. Let's do our own award. And uh, what we're (laughs) going to do is the Blue Army podcast, Goal of the Season. Now, all three of us are going to nominate a goal for Goal of the Season. And then I'm going to put it up on the Facebook and the Twitter and take a little poll. And then next week, um, I'll reveal who won the poll. So, uh, yeah. Would you like to go first, Liam?
4: Uh, Yeah, Um, I'd like to go with Lewis Alessandros against Salford. Not only was it, like, a cracking goal, but it was just, like, the curve on it was quality for a start, but it was also the only one of, like, the top goals this season that fans were in the stadium for, which, you know, that's bound to give it a big boost, isn't it? Yeah, he hasn't had, like, the numbers that, you know, your your top strikers in the league would have, but I think that was just a pure moment of brilliance. Good goal, yeah, good goal. Uh, Will, what are you going to nominate?
5: Joe Riley against Stevenage. And similar to the one that um, Liam's nominated, it's a goal that was scored in front of fans at Brunton Park and just a beautiful curling one.
2: Yeah, I remember that one being a hell of a wheel away celebration. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, So for me, lads, I've gone for Omari... Patrick's goal against Crawley Town in March, where he sort of picked the ball up uh, around the 40-yard area, came back a couple of yards, uh, did a lovely touch of skill. Nobody closed him down. He saw the keeper a little bit off his line and picked his spot really well there wasn't any fans there for my goal so um you know you guys have got me you guys have got me on that one i suppose um liam mate thank you very much for jumping in and giving us a nomination uh where can we uh i mean do you know what mate we know where to find blue army tv you've been on here a couple of times You you don't need to plug it necessarily but why don't you tell us um How's it going? Just, just how's the channel going for you? Are you enjoying it? What's, uh, what made you sort of get started on
4: it? Um, the channel. Uh, to be honest with you, I remember watching. It was the big ones, Arsenal Fan TV, but I never really liked that one. I was also a big fan of the Liverpool one, the Red Men TV, Red Men TV, yeah. And I was in, I was on holiday, and you know, it was towards. I remember Liverpool played West Ham, and my dad's a big Liverpool fan, so we were watching that in some sort of pub abroad, and it, it, we were. You're sitting there and he was watching that and i was watching the red men tv thing on my phone and my dad said you know you should do one of them yeah but carl he asked us does Carlisle have one of them and i said uh not yet and so when i got home when i got home from that order, i just you know i set up the channel and you know i set up the channel and it took me a few weeks to start my first video but my first video was one nil away at port vale and i think was it connor simpson Connor Simpson got the goal there. He, I, don't, I don't know where he's at now, but he's, it's a name you don't hear of anymore. But I stood outside of the outside of Port Vale Stadium because it was an away match and talked about the match. And then these supporters came behind us and started celebrating. And it was a really good video. And then we got to the car and my dad said, it hasn't recorded. Oh, <laughs> no, no. And it was... <laughs> <laughs> and I was good, but we, we did it again it wasn't quite as good but I thought you know that, uh, from that moment on I've, I've done for every game that I've been to since I think Bow one which was I remember I missed the Oldham one and I, I can't remember why I did that but it, it was, it, there was a reason for missing it was when Olvella Olamola scored the, in the 1-0 win at Alden. but the channels at the moment to be honest since I came on here for the first time it's grew it's grew quite a lot
7: Oh, Which beautiful. I was
4: quite chuffed with, yeah. And so, yeah, just uh, f- thanks
2: for that. <laughs> nah man, not a problem, mate. Not a problem. I mean, like you, your channel stood out to me as um, being really well informed, uh, good opinions, and um, I just really admired your work, to be honest. So, I just wanted to get, uh, just wanted to hear your opinions live, and I knew my audience would enjoy it as well.
7: Thank
2: you. <laughs> it's an interesting story about starting uh, a YouTube channel, and obviously, buying equipment for different things is a bit of a challenge along the way um do you have any advice for anybody that might start a youtube channel going forward maybe a, a good place to look for a microphone or headsets or internet connection i don't know
4: i think with me i'm still just using the same mic that i had at the start and just my phone as the camera like the, the, <laughs> it, it's i think the microphone i bought for like it was half price somewhere and when it was it was 20 quid but i just a bit of advice you don't need You know, you can get the top equipment, but you you don't necessarily need the best microphones and the best cameras for you to be sort of decent quality videos because, you know, most people start off with just the camera on the phone and that's where I'm at now. You it's just you don't need to splash out for the, the big expensive equipment. That makes all
2: the sense in the world. Now, lads, what's happening now is that we're coming to the end of our end of season party. Uh, there's a couple of people feeling a bit down. They don't want to go home <laughs> just yet. And they want to say a couple of final words about the season. Um, Will, can you go first, mate? Can you can you just tell us your thoughts of the season as a whole? Now you've had a couple of days to digest the uh the last game.
5: Well, it's it's been a season like no other I've ever known. For starters, um after scraping clear of relegation last season and then completely overhaul the squad in the summer Uh, I remember no other team in the AFL changed more of their players than we did Um, you measure it on like minutes there's a website, um, I'll give it a plug it's called Experimental361 it does stats and it does one every summer about um, squad churn and it's weighted by minutes so like how many of the minutes from last season are still at the club. And we had fewer, even than Bolton, who had been through complete turmoil. So, to then, then, bit of a shaky start, and then suddenly go on this run, where at the halfway point in the season, we're top of the table, and you think, this is our season, we're going up, uh, we're playing really good football, we seem to be able to cope with anything, Then you've got a month where we don't play any football at all. Rumours that I think we're not even trading, so we're going to find things difficult. We come back, win our first game back, and then we're second in the table, and we've got, like, four games in hand, and we're only a point behind Cambridge. You're still thinking, and it's, like, start of February, we're going up, this is our season. And then it just all just completely... (laughs) caves in and, and you end up at the end of the season not even in the playoffs with a good few points outside the playoffs which was unthinkable in, in February but yeah, at the same time you know, you're know, you not calling for new manager overhaul the squad, get rid of all the players, let's start afresh you're kind of saying let's keep most of you know, let's keep the manager in the corner the, the squad and We can hopefully have a good season next season. But, yeah, I mean, other than the fact that it's completely crazy, there's not really much I can really think of to say about the season. Just (laughs) I hope I never have to experience anything like that ever again. (laughs)
2: It's been rough. It's been rough. What about you, Liam, mate?
4: Yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter the other day, and it was... um, I thought it summed it up perfectly, and it was first half Barcelona, second half Barnet, you know, for the season. It was just... (laughs) you know. I think it, it was. It's a bit harsh on Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, we were. It was just. I think the break really killed us. And when you you come back from that from that big of a break, some of them still possibly suffering from you know the effects of the virus. And what you'd expect to come back to in that situation is the fans trying to push you on. But we didn't have that that season. I think. A big part of our collapse is actually us not having fans there. Now when I think when I thought about it after the season's finished, it's you know they needed to come back to a Brunton Park full of fans with people jeering them on because they, they were doing so well. And it, I think most of that was just like, do you remember Sheffield Sheffield United in the Premier League? They last season were just playing really well, they were, and it was all built on it was all built on momentum. And when they were given the break in COVID same thing happened to them, they dropped like a stone and they, they have, I hope up not <laughs> this badly damaged by it where we, we, we finished bottom the next season, mm. but you know, they the, their momentum was stopped by a break and they came back to no fans to sort of pick them back up again and the same thing's happened to us, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's disappointing and I think what Will said was massive, massively important, is we don't need a massive rebuild in the summer like we have done last few seasons you know, under Stephen Presley and you know, the start of this season, yeah. but Because I think our squad, our core group of players don't need to be changed at all. And instead of us shipping them off and trying to get into the best replacements, it's a matter of we need to keep all of them, which is, you know, it's a refreshing change over the last uh, few years.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to agree with uh, good points for both of you, to be completely honest. I feel like the fans have definitely chalked the season down to not playing a game for a month, being the reason why everything sort of stopped for us, because the last 11 games we haven't lost a match. So you could imagine if we didn't take that break and we could just have had a clean run, we probably would have landed inside the playoffs. So it feels like a lot of the fans they've got no reason to call for anyone to get the chop because they're accepting the fact that it was a freak of the season, and um, we obviously we hope that we'll never see that kind of a impacted. January, where it comes to congestions of fixtures and you know just tipping the scales away from our favour, unfortunately. Right, uh, Liam mates, we'll uh, we'll gonna let. Oh no, wait! I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. Ah, <laughs> I nearly let you go without asking you my question. Ah, <laughs> the DL. Right, I've been asking everybody. About what their favourite football kit is and the sort of memories that football kit sparks for them. Uh, what have you got, man?
4: I've got a, a good one for this, and it, it, it's the kit. It, it doesn't it doesn't look brilliant, but it's just the sort of you know the games I went to in it, and it was the 1819 Carlisle kit. It, it was it was to be honest with you, it was it wasn't a very good kit. It was just all blue. There was no real design on it. To be honest with you, And it was quite you know it, it wasn't our finest kit. But I remember my favourite match as a Carlisle fan was. Carlisle 3, Berry 2 at Brunton Park, where we scored. We, we, we were down to 10 men and we scored to win it in the last minute. And it was it's the best sort of atmosphere I've experienced at Brunton Park in, you know, ever. And I was wearing that kit that day, and it, it was just it was a mental, mental game. And it, uh, that, that memory sticks with us, and that shirt does as well because of because I was wearing it at that game. And you know, I've still got that kit upstairs, but <laughs> But uh, yeah, that kit is just it stuck with us, and just because that match has stuck with us, I remember uh, Hallam Hope got the winner in the end, Connor Simpson cut it back to him, it looked like the ball had gone out of play. But yeah, that was just a it's probably my favorite match, and you know, just because just because I was wearing it in that match,
2: I can visualize the kit now. You mentioned Hallam Hope, like I remember him being pictured that season that he was with us, and yeah, yeah. I remember that being being that being his sort of like signature kit with his time in a Carlisle sure mate well great memories man and thank you very much for joining us for our end of season party me and will are going to drive this thing home soon so um mate i'm not going to keep you any longer thanks very much for joining us and um yeah uh again is it the, the best place for blue army tv uh youtube instagram give us your tags mate
4: um Blue Army TV on YouTube, uh, at Liam Denwood on Twitter and I think it's at TV Blue Army on Instagram. So yeah, Beautiful. thanks for having us on.
2: Not a problem, mate. Always a pleasure and uh, we might see you over the summer. If not, we'll see you next season. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the couple of episodes that you were on and it's been great having you again today, mate. So thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having nice us. Nice
5: to meet you. See ya. Yeah, nice to meet you.
2: Bye, mate. Woo. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) that's staying in
0: Uh...
2: (laughs) right mate it is um, it is the end of our uh, Blue Army podcast end of season party Mm. the music has finished the neighbours have complained and everybody has to go home soon but there is a big big reveal at the end of the night that will send everybody home happy i've been teasing for a while will yeah that i've got an ex-pro interview in the bag and it's true you've seen messages you can confirm that it's happening and um i mean do you know what mate would you like to do the honors would you like to tell people who our first ever guest interview is they will be hearing it next
5: wednesday on the show you know him as homer <laughs> <laughs> Derek Holmes. Derek
2: Holmes. Wee. I want to say thank you very much to Derek Holmes for joining me for an interview. It was fantastic. By the way, it is an internet first. Derek Holmes has never been interviewed on a podcast before. I, I, Uh, I can't believe my luck, mate. I am going to break my numbers records with this amazing exclusive content that I have in the bag. The insight of Derek Holmes' interview next week is absolutely enthralling. He does not hold back. He is great when it comes to being open and honest and he was quite funny in moments as well especially when we got towards the end of the interview and because it was my first interview um I was a bit nervous at the start and you'll probably hear it in my voice um but by the end of the interview we we're having a great laugh and uh, I really appreciate Derek and Derek has agreed to come back on the show at some point in the future to do another episode or even do a triad of episodes so what the plan is going forward with derek is either we can do a before his time at carlisle united interview Mm -hmm. we could do an after his time at carlisle united interview or we could just do a fan forum and you guys can send in loads of emails with questions that i didn't ask uh, about his time at carlisle united And um, I can just ask him those questions and we can do an hour just asking questions that you guys have sent me. Um, So yeah, we've got all that to look forward to. The Derek Holmes interview is next week. Will, thank you for joining me for the end of season party. Yeah.
5: It's been good. It's been been emotional. It's been good to see all these. It's been good to have all these people on.
2: Yeah, it's been different. It's been different. I'd think i like to do a bit more of it uh, going into next season. I'm going to change the format slightly. Um, We are going to hook up again in the future with our Zooms and our recordings, and we're going to do an episode about recruitment and the sort of summer targets that Carlisle might want to look into. We're going to give a little bit of an insight into more free agents that Carlisle might be able to sign and maybe give a wish list of things that we'd like to see next season. And of course, give our prediction for where we think that Carlisle are going to finish next season. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to put that on the line before we even make any summer (laughs) signings. Right, Will, thank you very much for joining me. I cannot believe how much fun it has been. I am wiped out with the amount of fun and laughter I've had.
5: Oh, wow, yeah. It's like watching <laughs> that Walsall game all over again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we had some help to get us through that Walsall match report. That second half <laughs> yeah. would have been a very tricky affair if we didn't have anyone jumping in and sort of saving our bacon. So' will be oh, honest, I for... can't
5: even remember the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you did well to coast <laughs>
5: through it. And I was worried you were going to come to me with a really specific question and I was going to be like, I can't remember.
2: No, you know we like to play it here, mate? We like to play it loosey-goosey so we don't get nasty messages about not getting statistics correct and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed having you. From about what episode six, I think you—that was your day. something debut like
5: that. Yeah, episodes,
2: and we did, We've done. We've done double barrel shows together, where it's just been me and you doing the full match report. And um, we've made it through, and we've got to this point. And mate, I feel like our friendship has never been closer. And I can't wait to maybe get one of these done live. With uh, maybe Derek Holmes and somebody else in a venue to be announced near you. That's my new teaser. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. We're going to say bye to all the listeners now. That has been. The Blue Army podcast, end of season party. Please tune in next Wednesday where you can hear the Blue Army podcast exclusive world first interview with Derek
0: Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, Will, thanks for joining us. Bye for now, buddy. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.